0: Hey, welcome back. Jeff Semple sitting in for Alan Carter over the next couple of days here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You know, over the course of this pandemic in the past few months, there have been a lot of comparisons made to the Spanish flu pandemic. A century ago, back in 1918, the deadliest in history that infected 50 million people, or excuse me, 500 million people, missed a zero there, around the world. That at the time was about a third of the planet's population. Uh, i seen a lot of newspaper clippings floating around on social media from the time, which have been kind of interesting and, you know, realize how much things change and how much they stay the same. Uh, one of those newspaper clippings was a posting about an anti-mask meeting Asking people to come to the Dreamland rink, um, the Anti-Mask League, which was formed in 1919 by those who thought that mandatory masking, quote, violated their liberty. Sounds a bit familiar. Uh, And it raises the question, you know, that there is something about masks and, you know, that extends even further, arguably, to the advice that we receive from People we count as experts—doctors, nurses, infectious disease physicians, epidemiologists—who we've been interviewing and hearing from over and over again in the past few months—to help guide us through this pandemic, um, which you know remains an evolving situation. There's a lot we still don't know. Some of the information and advice has changed, um, but there is—you know—continues to be, and we particularly see this in scenes coming out of the United States. This reluctance, resistance to trust the experts on their advice. And to help unpack why that is, we are joined on the line now by a professor of psychology at the University of Waterloo, Derek Kohler. Derek, thanks for joining us on the program. Hello, thank you. So, uh, Derek, when you, I mean, when, you know, I don't know if you heard off the top there, the, the comparison to the, the Spanish flu and the fact that there was a resistance back then to calls for people to wear masks, here we are in 2020 having the same argument. Um, what do you make of that?
1: Sure, I guess uh, there's some aspects maybe of uh, the psychology of uh, pandemics that maybe haven't changed that much over these years.
0: Right. And is there, I mean, given the, you know, we, as I said, the, the advice has changed early on in the pandemic. People were. You know, health officials were asking people not to wear masks, pointing to the fact that there was a shortage. They were worried about frontline health workers not having enough masks. Uh, Then, you know, the evidence emerged that people who didn't have symptoms could be potentially spreading this virus. And so it, it led to a change in that advice. And people now, health officials asking people to wear masks. And as I say, starting tomorrow in Toronto, it will be mandatory in all public indoor places um so but given the consensus that we hear pretty much from health experts on this why is it that some people remain reluctant do you think
1: I think that's it's a pretty complicated subject of course and I think one thing you alluded to may play some role which is You know, science is, uh, you know, on any particular topic, uh, knowledge comes in and our understanding of what's going on changes. Uh, And as members of the public, when we have to uh, rely on um, experts for guidance on what to do, we can certainly um, feel some confusion or uncertainty when uh, that guidance changes. Um, And I guess. You know, there's, no, there's really no way around that from a scientific perspective, right? We, As the members of the public, we, we want to know the, the latest, uh, best understanding of what's going on. And if that changes from what's happened earlier, so be it. But kind of psychologically, it can kind of underscore our sense uh, of uncertainty. Uh, uh, and in turn, you know, that could potentially undermine our willingness to um, follow expert guidance. And right. I think that's particularly true, um if that guidance uh, is telling us to do something maybe we don't want to do for other reasons, then uh, maybe we can kind of rationalize um, a decision to, to not follow that guidance by pointing to the fact that the science, uh, the message coming from experts such as scientists has changed over time.
0: Right. So the inconsistency perhaps fueling some of that skepticism um, and you know I wonder too how much of it is this climate that we find ourselves in where there is there at least seems to be a growing distrust of institutional voices, journalists, experts generally, um, something that certainly the American president has uh, has made hay with, um, you know, in terms of, you know, coining phrases like fake news, for example, although that was actually coined by Buzzfeed, I believe, but certainly weaponizing it to a degree we've never seen before. Um, and I remember, you know, covering the Brexit campaign in the United Kingdom while I was based there for several years as a correspondent. During the Brexit campaign, one of the lead Brexiteers, Michael Gove, um, received a lot of push back after saying that the British people have had enough of experts. Um, you know, and are, is it, are we right to think that, that that potentially is playing into this? I mean, what do you make of, of that sentiment?
1: I think you're right that there's uh, the kind of information environment uh, has certainly changed and people have more latitude to kind of decide for themselves uh, who they want to trust or uh, turn to for advice and guidance, and uh, in some cases, that's not always um, who would conventionally be considered the experts. So people have more kind of latitude to uh, choose, you know, who to listen to, who to believe. Um, and I guess that has certainly opened a, a, a pathway for resistance to the kind of traditional uh, experts. Um, and part of that uh, seems to be um, part of a uh, maybe a, a larger um, uh, feeling of um, that the elites and are, are somehow not in um, you know good connection with or supportive of. They may have a different agenda than uh, the typical member of the public, right? So to the extent that that sort of perception that there's us and them, there's uh, the average person and there's the elites. Uh, maybe it starts to create a kind of wall, um, and if we kind of categorize scientists as on the on the kind of elite side of things, then people who are feeling a certain resentment uh, toward um, you know that elite class might uh, be more uh, open to looking to alternatives for sources of expertise they feel they can trust.
0: Right, even when you know you sort of see frontline physicians who are sweating it out, trying to care for people in the intensive care unit with COVID-19. And and you hear those impassioned pleas from them, I think, you're, as you say, it's more difficult to ignore. Um, but yeah, and I guess just generally, Derek, before we let you go, as we move into the sort of reopening phase and, um, you know, we start to kind of emerge from months of this sort of imposed hibernation and lockdown that we've all been living in, any cautions that you would give to people? I mean, in terms of the way that, you know, the psychology kind of plays into all of this. I mean, I I kind of wonder as we start to let our guards down whether we should be sort of keeping our own thinking in check.
1: Uh, Absolutely. I mean, it's it's obviously a really complicated set of decisions that we face as members of the public about what's safe, uh, what's risky, uh, how we trade off the costs and benefits of, uh, you know, going out more into a kind of public setting and so on. So we kind of, um, you know, we do our best as individuals, uh, to, uh, sort through all that information and arrive at, you know, what's the best decision for us, but we're not the experts. And, uh, as a result, you know, the amount of information out there and the number of considerations gets pretty, uh, complex pretty quickly. And so I think, you know, uh, it's unfortunate, uh, if there is a, you know, tendency to resist expert guidance at a time where we, we really need it, right, where we uh, uh, really depend as members of the public on institutions that can um, that have more expertise and can kind of give us the right guidelines. And so in some cases, um, it can be helpful just to sort of simplify the decisions that we face if um, – You know, a policy regarding something like wearing masks and so on comes down uh, because it kind of takes away uh, some of the difficult decisions we otherwise have to make as individuals by just saying we're going to agree as a society uh, that this is uh, for now something we're all going to do.
0: Right. Uh, Derek, great points. Great to chat with you on this one and uh, sort of ironic to interview an expert about why people don't <laughs> trust experts and to discuss the science behind why people don't trust science. But uh, So I don't know how many minds you, you changed on this program today, but uh, I found it interesting anyway. Derek Kohler, who's a professor of psychology at the University of Waterloo. Professor Kohler, thanks so much again. Appreciate it.
1: My pleasure. Thank you.